Heavenly Father, we now approach your throne of grace and we ask that you please uh, let your truth be spoken this evening. Please bless the words that we're about to hear from your word. Please, uh, again, let the truth resonate with us and always be the forefront. Father, please fill us with your spirit and guide us. Father, please continue to forgive us for our sins and forgive those who sin and trespass against us as well. Father, please continue to bless us and lift us up, guiding us always on the path that we should go, always in the way. Father, we thank you for this day, the Sabbath day of rest, as well as all your Sabbaths. We're ever grateful for the fact that you cause us to rest. It's amazing. Thank you, Father. Uh, we thank you for your son. We thank you for sending him to die in that state to save us from our sins, to remove that yoke of bondage to sin that we may walk in righteousness. We have hope, faith, and trust in this as well as all you do for us, Father. Uh, we're thankful for everything. Father, we love you and we ask these things in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. 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 Oh, no, Micah, you yourself. Hey, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there was people yelling in my house when y'all were asking him to pray. We can't hear it. Y'all can can't hear that? Y'all can't hear all the noise in the background? It's like crazy here. No. I don't I don't hear nothing, but I, yeah. what wow. I do hear is... I thought, that's why I can't mute myself every time after I get done talking. Oh, we I told mean, you you're fine. That's your you excuse. But that's fine. Uh, I guess I could break next time then. Excuses, excuses. <sighs> I ain't never could do nothing, Micah. Anyways, Leviticus <laughs> 16. Uh, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he may not come whenever he wants into the holy place behind the veil in front of the mercy seat on the ark or else he will die because I appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Aaron is to enter the most holy place in this way with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to wear a holy tunic, a holy linen tunic and linen undergarments are to be on his body. He must tie a linen sash around him and wrap his head with a linen turban. These are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present the bull for his sin offering and make atonement for himself and his household. Next, he will take the two goats and place them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. Or tent of meeting. After Aaron casts lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for Azazel, he is to present the goat chosen by lot for the Lord and sacrifice it as a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot for Azazel is to be presented alive before the Lord to make purification with it by sending it into the wilderness for Azazel. When Aaron presents the bull for his sin offering and makes atonement for himself and his household, he will slaughter the bull for his sin offering. Then he must take a fire pan full of fiery coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and bring them inside the veil. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord, so that the cloud of incense covers the mercy seat that is over the testimony, or else he will die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and sprinkle it with his finger against the east side of the mercy seat. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood with his fingers before the mercy seat seven times. When he slaughters the male goat for the people's sin offering, 
and brings its blood inside the veil, he must do the same with the blood as he did with the bull's blood. He is to sprinkle it against the mercy seat and in front of it. He will purify the most holy place in this way for all their sins because of the Israelites' impurities and rebellious acts. He will do the same for the tent of meeting that remains among them because it is surrounded by their impurities. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the most holy place until he leaves after he has made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole assembly of Israel. Then he will go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He is to take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on the horns on all sides of the altar. He is to sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it or cleanse and set it apart from the Israelites' impurities. Then he has, when he has finished purifying the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he is to present the live male goat. Aaron will lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the Israelites' wrongdoings and rebellious acts, all their sins. He is to put them on the goat's head and send it away into the wilderness by the man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on it all their wrongdoings into a desolate land, and he will release it there. Then Aaron is to enter the tent of meeting, take off the linen garments he wore when he entered the most holy place, and leave them there. He will bathe his body with water in a holy place and put on his clothes. Then he must go out and sacrifice his burnt offering and the people's burnt offering. He will make atonement for himself and for the people. He is to burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who releases the goat for his azel is to wash his clothes and bathe his body with water. Afterward, he may re-enter the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement, must be brought outside the camp and their hide, flesh, and dung burned up. The one who burns them is to wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterward, he may re-enter the camp. This is to be a permanent statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to practice self-denial, and you do no work, both the native and the foreigner who resides among you. Atonement will be made for you on this day to cleanse you, and you will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of complete rest for you, and you must practice self-denial. It is a permanent statute. The priest who is appointed and ordained to serve as high priest in place of his father will make atonement. He will put on the linen garments, the holy garments, and purify the most holy place. He will purify the tent of meeting and the altar and will make atonement for the priests and all the people of the assembly. This is to be a permanent statute for you to make atonement for the Israelites once a year because of all their sins. And all this was done as the Lord commanded Moses. So you're not supposed to kill the scapegoat? No, it was set loose, wasn't it? Yeah. Where does it say anywhere in there that you're not supposed to eat? Were you supposed to practice self-denial? Some translations would say afflict your being. Right, but... Do you really want to go there? Let's go there. All right. <laughs> you got Jubilees? Uh, I got it in the room. In the other, 
just pull it out. <laughs> well, I was going to have you read Jubilees, and then I was going to read something else. Hold on a second. Which one is it? <laughs> Hold on a second. You just made me get up. <laughs> oh, it's chapter fifty. <sighs> We're going there, aren't we? Yeah, that's fine. You read that, and I'm going to read from Judith. Because it's a second witness. Hold on a second. Everybody's still tagging along. Anybody got any questions while he's going to get his book? Don't all talk at once now. <laughs> yeah, what did you just read? Leviticus 16. The whole chapter? Mm-hmm. All right. I might have to... Let me take notes real quick for the... Uh... Which verse oh, is it? Yeah. 50. Uh, it is... God, you want me to read it for you too? Jeez. Oh, I just, I don't have it highlighted. <laughs> it's, uh... I, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Starts in about 10. Jubilee's 50 verse 10. Is that what you was thinking? You know, I'll read a little bit. It says, For great is the honor which the Lord have given to Israel, that they should eat and drink and be satisfied on the festival day, and rest therein from all labor which belongeth to the labor of the children of men. Say, burning... Mm -hmm. uh, Except for burning of frankincense and bringing oblations and sacrifices before the Lord for the days and for Sabbaths. This work alone shall be done on the Sabbath days in the sanctuary of the Lord your God, and that they may not, and that they may atone for Israel with sacrificing continually from day to day for a memorial well pleasing before the Lord, and that he may receive them always from day to day according as thou hast commanded. And every man that who doeth any work therein, or goeth on a journey, or tilleth his farm, whether it be his house or any other place, and whatever lighteth a fire, <clears throat> or rideth on a beast, or or traveleth, or catcheth an animal, or bird or fish, whoever uh, fasteth, or maketh war on the Sabbath. <clears throat> Did I just say, uh, and whoever fasteth on that day? Yeah. Yeah. Or make war on those days. Okay. It says, 
the man who according to the commandments regarding this uh wait a second oh i'm sorry the man who doeth any of these things on the sabbath shall die so that the children of israel shall observe the sabbaths according to the commandments regarding the sabbaths of the land as it is written in the tables <clears throat> which he gave unto into my hands that i should write out for thee the laws of the seasons the seasons according to the division of their days yeah. so he's basically saying if you do these things like fast on the sabbath that man shall die and then he tells you in the verses before that you should go ahead and eat but we have that one religion out there that'll tell you that you have to afflict your souls and basically afflict your souls just means to humble yourself before the Lord. You know, be humble about your sin. You're given grace. It's called the day of atonement. I don't think that. Yeah. Is it, is, it, is it true that, you know, fasting is good? Yes. But I don't think. I don't see any day set apart, whether it be the seventh day Sabbath or uh, any of the other festivals where he would command you to, you know, fast or, or to deny food. It does say practice self-denial or to afflict your being or soul. But the festivals are also supposed to be a joyous time. Um, as far as the Day of Atonement, like you just said, I look at it as a day for you to be humble. And like what we did last year is we actually went around in a circle and basically confessed like what our, our driving sins are, like what, what's the main thing that we wanted to work on. Most people said anger, <laughs> you know, yeah, patience. You know to, to, to patience. Yeah. Be slow to anger. Uh, but here's the second witness for that very thing. And this is in the book of Judith, uh, which again, this was in the King James. So they took it out. Um, it says it's chapter eight. It says Judith remained as a widow for three years and four months. This chapter four, or chapter eight, verse four. Judith remained as a widow for three years and four months at home, where she set up a tent for herself on the roof of her house. She put sackcloth around her waist and dressed in widow's clothing. She fasted all the days of her widowhood, except the day before the Sabbath and the Sabbath itself, the day before the new moon and the day of the new moon and the festivals and days of rejoicing of the house of Israel. I can add to that in Exodus 12, 16. Go ahead. It's basically talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but still when it talks about the feast days, you know, you about you fasting, not doing any work. It says, and on the first day, there should be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day, there should be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, except that which every man must eat. That only may be done for you. Or done of you. Yeah. We're supposed to cook on the Sabbath, too. That's a feast day. So today was the day of holy convocation as well. It's a day of rest. You know, some people don't, and that's fine. I was like, might see it as I'll, a burden. I'm just saying, but you can. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say you have to, 
But it's, it's not in the there's Torah. There's definitely no command that says that. Yeah, there's, right. there's definitely no command that says that you can't. Right. But he does tell you to eat that day. So <laughs> I don't know. What, what about fun. work? What about work? Is that only where you get paid, or it's like, even if it's not paid? Occupation. Your job. Yeah, that's that, just like we read in Jubilees. It's it's uh hold on, let me reword, let me reread it. Word. I did some dishes today. What? <laughs> oh, that's it, you perishing. I just washed a couple dishes because it was getting overflowing, so I washed a couple. So that's it, you're it's in trouble. Occupation or okay. things that are gonna bring gain, I usually don't do. I don't like I don't farm today. I don't go out there and work on my chicken coop or have we did it before but now i don't i just something i don't do now um yeah this one don't work on the goat spin stuff like that this one says and rest therein from all labor which belongeth to the labor of the children of men meaning your occupation <laughs> you, you know in their look but here here's like i said before there's jobs that people do and here's not here's something else too let's say you can't get off that day you know, let's say your boss is making you work. You're being forced to work because you're still in captivity. Just like the children of Israel in Egypt, they're forced to make twice as many bricks. You know, they, there is an atonement for that. So people running around telling people that you're going to just burn in the lake of fire because you can, you're wor- working on Sabbath. Well, people... There's some people out there that don't want to do it, that are being forced to do it, but it's in their heart not to do it. So the father will probably find a way for them to not do it. You know, that's what happened, happened with me. I mean, um, I was working driving a, you know, concrete mixer and the, I went to my boss one day. I was like, Hey, I want to start keeping the Sabbath on Saturday and stuff like that. And he thought I was just trying to get out work on Saturdays. And I was like, now nah, I'm being legit. <laughs> and he told me that the Sabbath was on Sunday so no and so it's that's when everyone goes to church i was like okay so i didn't i mean i didn't argue i mean it's just their company they can't they can do whatever they want so i just what i did is i didn't buy or sell or trade that day i just brought my food to work and brought whatever i needed to work and i would fill up my gas the day prior and i'd go to work and do my best i could and then i would um i remember one day praying when i finally prayed you know if the father could make a way for me to keep this up he gave me a day he gave me a job that day, which doesn't happen for everyone. There's some people have been praying for years before they get the Sabbath off, you know, or sometimes there's people that go five years and haven't had the Sabbath off yet. You know, yeah. you just kind of pray about it and, and you, you always make the steps that you, your steps you can make is talk to your boss about it. And then they say, no, I'm like, okay, don't start a fight and then just pray about it and look, you know. Yeah, we have freedom of religion laws still here. I don't think there's anything wrong with a you know police officer, firefighter, you know things that are helping people. Those kind of occupations, I think, are okay on the Sabbath, personally, because people still have to put fires out. People still got to respond to crime. Doctors still got to you know trauma patients still got to heal people, and there's people dying. No, well, well, we'll see. You're not supposed to commit crime on the Sabbath either. You you wait. For oh the my I got a shirt. Anyway. I, got a shirt. Um, I got a shirt. Oh, uh, you know, a storm comes through. You got to go put power back on. 
someone's on life support, you know, they need that power back on. There's certain things, certain, you know, time and place for everything. <laughs> I got a shirt, Dustin. It's going to say, going to say defund the police. Keep the commandments. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna get Angie to print them shirts off. Defund the police, keep the commandments. And I'm gonna that's be my trademark. I'm gonna register that one. That's great. That's that's really yeah. good there. But no, I mean like um that was the whole problem with like the Pharisees. And if you go to you know, I think it's uh Luke 13, that chapter, it's talking about how Jesus actually healed a woman. I think that she was 18 years, she had this, you know, spirit on her that was causing her to be handicapped and he healed her on the Sabbath. And they're like, you can come six days of the week to be healed. You don't heal on the Sabbath. And so he was whole thing was, he was trying to go around showing people like, yo, it's all right. You are you know, good things on the Sabbath. There's certain works that can be done on the Sabbath. There's ones you can't do. The priests would cook. They'd work for the people. That was their occupation. But in return, they were being helped, you know, they're getting free food. Can we ministering? Play pickleball. Huh? This is where. What? Can I play? Can I play pickleball? Pickleball. Yep. What's that? <laughs> it's kind of like ping pong, tennis. Sure. Relax. All kinds of things mixed together. I mean, yeah. I don't see why you could shoot guns on the Sabbath. Whatever. I mean, I'm just chilling. What's that thing that Bear says? Anything that makes you go. Uh. <laughs> anything that makes you go uh, on Sabbath, don't do it. We're not supposed to go hunting. Well, yeah, it says that. In, yeah, it says that. Yeah, in, don't gather. I don't hunt or fish on Sabbath. That's what, yeah, and there's, I've, I've seen some stuff today too. People Sabbath stuff. Try to, I didn't say nothing. I'm not trying to instigate on Sabbath, but That's many, creation. many, many. Many, many, many hyper legalist individuals that post stuff on Facebook, and I see them doing contrary to what the word says, and I'm like, "Huh, interesting." The cool thing <laughs> is, if you let this creation rest, it'll benefit you. Well, yeah, it'll benefit. That's what the, yeah. the Shmita year is for. It's what the Jubilee is for. Yeah, actually. Um, what is it? The, the exile to Babylon. One of the punishments. Uh, that, that was a punishment for uh, not keeping the Jubilees or the Shemitahs. Yep. He said, I will, this land will rest for 70 years because you guys have failed to keep uh, the Sabbaths. And I don't think it was talking about Saturday Sabbath, although they probably disregarded that too. I think it was probably talking about Shemitah years and the Jubilees. But we're going to read 17 real quick. It's kind of short. Before we go off on a tangent all night. Uh, <laughs> uh, chapter 17, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites, and tell them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Anyone from the house of Israel who slaughters an ox, sheep, or goat in the camp, or slaughters it outside the camp, instead of bringing it to the entrance to the tent of meeting, to present it as an offering to the Lord before his tabernacle, that person will be considered guilty. 
He has shed blood and must be cut off from his people. This is so the Israelites will bring the Lord the sacrifices they have been offering in the open country. They are to bring them to the priest at the entrance of the, or to the tent of meeting and offer them as fellowship sacrifices to the Lord. The priest will then sprinkle the blood on the Lord's altar at the entrance to the tent of meeting and burn the fat as an pleasing aroma to the Lord. They must no longer go or offer their sacrifices to the goat demons that they have prostituted themselves with. They will be a, this will be a permanent statute for them throughout their generations. Say to them, anyone from the house of Israel or from the foreigners who live among them who offers a burnt offering or a sacrifice but does not bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting to sacrifice it to the Lord, that person must be cut off from his people. Anyone from the house of Israel or from the foreigners who live among them who eats any blood, I will turn against that person who eats blood and cut him off from his people. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, none of you and no foreigner who lives among you may eat blood. Any Israelite or foreigner living among, among them who hunts down an animal or hunts down a wild animal or bird that may be eaten must drain its blood and cover it with dirt, since the life of every creature is its blood. I have told the Israelites, you must not eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is its blood. Everyone or whoever eats it must be cut off. Every person, whether the native or the foreigner who eats an animal that died a natural death or was mauled by wild beasts is to wash his clothes and bathe with water and he will remain unclean until evening. Then he will be clean. But if he does not wash his clothes and bathe himself, he will bear his punishment. I just want to bring up one thing that's a little off, but the whole Lord thing, there's people which circulates around. People are trying to say that you can't use the, the word Lord in the tourism community. And I just think that's not uh, factual at all. So bring up like the most random stuff. You keep saying Lord. So I was like, made me think about that. I'll just bring it up to y'all. He's he pointed out one commandment that that uh James and Peter were telling Paul to tell the Gentiles to stop doing. Yep, sure did. In Acts 15. Uh yeah, no drink no blood, because that's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Same thing that those sickos do today when they drink human blood, uh that adrenochrome stuff. That too. The adrenal gland, the gland, they, the adrenal gland, they get supercharged, and then they do what they do to the young children and stuff. And then there's people that don't roast, um, they'll roast the whole animal whole by draining the blood and eat the blood in the meat, like not draining any of that blood out. And yeah. see that right there, when it talks about the uh, every person who eats an animal that died a natural death or was mauled by beasts. That's why you're not supposed to do that. That's why you're unclean. You didn't get a chance to drain that blood out. Mm -hmm. Oh, that hunt, that their first deer, they were supposed to drink the blood. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, I've heard I've heard people talk about that. Yeah, and, and eat the heart and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, then ritual. That's worshiping the the created and not the creator. Um, <laughs> I'm looking more to goat demons. Yeah, goat demons. So. So it says in the scripture there. Yeah. Come out there were sacrificing the goat demons, the ones that were doing wrong. So my wife is asking. Demons in the form of goats. Wouldn't that be the uh Baphomet? Canaanite, Canaanite fertility gods or something. Exactly. I mean, look at the Baphomet, and it looks like a goat demon. Um <laughs> it's just saying, but anyways, uh, yeah. So the whole idea of bringing the the offerings, I don't think this was. I think there's more to this whole passage because uh, it says that this is a permanent statute forever. I think that the no longer offering sacrifices to the goat demons was a permanent statute. What do y'all think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just safe to say you should never be sacrificed to the goat demons. Who are these goat demons in which you speak, Micah? Oh, hold on. I'll read it to you. It says hairy he goat buck as a sacrificial animal uh, may refer to a demon possessed goat like swine of Gadara. I don't know what it says. Shaggy, a he goat, um, devil, goat, hairy, kid, rough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were you reading the Strongs? Yes. Oh. Definitely. Yeah, read some freaking commentary on it. My commentary book's in the other room. We'll go back into that later on, but yeah. Don't second. It's okay. I'll name. I think it's all right. I don't think anyone here is going to be doing that. So, if you are, you might be in the wrong place. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. If you are, I suggest you re- repent. <laughs> yeah, repent right now. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's go to some pagan practices again. Um, was it? No. Stop. Stop with your. Stop that. Get some help. Um, <laughs> it says, Yahweh spoke to Moses. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, I am Yahweh, your Elohim, your God. Do not follow the practices of the land of Egypt, where you used to live, or follow the practices of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. You must not follow their customs. You are to practice my ordinances and you are to keep my statutes by following them. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Keep my statutes and ordinances. A person will live if he does them. I am Yahweh. You are not to come near any close relative for sexual intercourse. I am Yahweh. You are not to shame your father by having sex with your mother. She is your mother. You must not have sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sex with your father's wife. It will shame your father. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's, whether born at home or born elsewhere. You are not to have sex with her. 
You are not to have sexual intercourse with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter because it will shame your family. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your father's wife's daughter who is adopted by your father. She is your sister. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister. She is your mother's close relative. You are not to shame your father's brother by coming near his wife to have sexual intercourse. She is your aunt. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You are not to have sex with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your brother's wife. It will shame your brother. You are not to have sexual intercourse with a woman and her daughter. You are not to marry her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter and have sex with her. They are close relatives. It is depraved. You are not to marry a woman as a rival to her sister and have sexual intercourse with her during her sister's lifetime. You are not to come near a woman during her menstrual impurity and have sexual intercourse with her. You are not to have sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife, defiling yourself with her. You are not to make any of your children pass through the fire to Molech. Do not profane the name of your God, I am Yahuwah. You are not to sleep with a man as with a woman. It is detestable. You are not to have sexual intercourse with any animal, defiling yourself with it. A woman is not to present herself to an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. Do not defile yourself by any of these practices, for the nations I am driving out before you have defiled themselves by all these things. The land has become defiled, so I am punishing it for its sin, and the land will vomit out its inhabitants. But you are to keep my statutes and ordinances. You must not commit any of the detestable things, not the native or the foreigner who lives among you, for the men who were in the land prior to you have committed all these detestable things, and the land has become defiled. If you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it has vomited out the nations that were before you. Any person who does any of these detestable practices must be cut off from his people. You must keep my instruction to not do any of the detestable customs that were practiced before you so that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Okay, I just want to point out the elephant in the room here. Um. So we have all these commandments right here that most people don't practice, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're in the commandments. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when it comes to other commandments, they just like, no, we don't do that. Well, it's because a lot of these are still uh, recited again in the new Testament. Some of these aren't. Not all of them. I think one could make the argument that Paul, um, when he says, do not practice sexual immorality, that all of this is sexual immorality. Well, that's true. That's perverse, sexual perversion. and Yeah. Can, can I say? Just making, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, speaking from what I've heard the other side like you were talking about james white and uh mr durbin there i i watched them use the same argument not not to say that you know don't practice this from leviticus because they were arguing that this still applies but they were also arguing with another individual that this is still to uh, stated in the new testament as well go ahead Mary. well i mean this is just kind of off the cuff when i was listening you know i'm sitting there you know all those things are covered in laws like by our government and most people tend to keep 
or try to go by the guidelines of the government because they've made the government their God. I'm just saying, you know, so like Jimmy was saying, you know, they, I think it was Jimmy that they'll keep most people, you know, won't sleep with, you know, their daughter, they're not supposed to, you know, and all the things, you know, that it mentioned, don't do those things. Well, those are still, you know, in play and they keep those, but not others. Well, there, I mean, we have our governments to blame for a lot of the laws not being kept. Like I said, people have made the government, their law from the government, their God, their moral conscience. That's all I wanted to say. I mean, as far as ceremonial laws, you know, I guess these would be going to moral laws, you know, with ceremonial laws, um, baptism, that's a ceremonial law. Right. But what what I'm trying to say is that government has stepped in to replace God and pick and choose what laws, what statutes to keep. That's why they're changing them right now. Right. That's why that was my only comment. Yeah. No, I was, I was pointing the difference between ceremonial and, you know, uh, moral laws and they're all, they're all God's behavior. That's what I'm saying. They're all God's behavior. Like, he tells us not to do these things. It's the same thing is telling somebody not to get yourself involved with necromancy, witchcraft, sorcery, things like that, you know. But people, I think just where religion comes along, and they see all these different, you know, behaviors up on a shelf, and they go, well, I could apply that one to my life, but that one I'm going to leave right now. And I'll take those two, and I'll leave those six. You know, let me get in those 12. And, but at the, the whole grand scheme of things, it's, it's all tied into the father's behavior. It is, but that's, that's exactly how governments operate as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we see there what, the, what their behavior is. Right. You know, they got all these programs out there just stealing money from people left and right. Unjust weights and measures. You know, we give $60 million a day to NASA to do what? There's people starving. And, the, and they're, they're excellent at finding loopholes, ways around it. Like, and I'm, and I, ha- I haven't confirmed this. I haven't read it anywhere, but this is just some thinking I was doing. Uh, you know how there's country clubs um, and you become a member. Um, and I don't know if you've ever worked in a country club. I have. Um, the members they sign for their dinners, their drinks, everything. And then they settle up, you know, once a month or whatever their arrangement is. Yeah. That loophole, I am convinced that was created by people who knew a certain group of people that know that you're to keep the Sabbath. And it was their way of, oh, my feet aren't touching the floor sort of you know um theology to have a loophole to be able to go out go to the club have dinner have a good time and only settle up once a month and that was how clubs were born like that so they find loopholes like that they find them everywhere 
You know what I mean? Judaism does that. That's I, I didn't mean, want to say out loud. That's what I was trying not to call say. Called out. Called out. They use the Talmud, and they right. they've their own laws. I, I like to, I'm a member. I'm a member of the country club because country music is what I love. Yeah. I drive an old Ford pickup truck. <laughs> and you wear a 10 gallon hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 10 I feet mean, tall, bulletproof. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> and now, now we see, now we're seeing the, the change in behavior. I mean, we have all this LBGTQ stuff coming out. We got, oh, goodness. You know, we, I'm just saying we have all the stuff coming out and which is contrary to the father's behavior. Well, that he just, okay, he just that, said it right there. Do not lie with men should not lie with men and they shouldn't, you know. Well, sorry. Right, so I want to, I want to throw in something else. Like, okay. Can I just we're talking that? about all the, go ahead. Yeah. That is intentional to break down society. That's called a color re- revolution. Right. It's only intended to break our society. That is why they're doing it. But anyways, go ahead. Well, so we just read all these sexually immoral things. Um, and then you have the words of Messiah that says that, you know, if you look after a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart. Now, you can make the argument that that's only talking about a married woman. Okay. But everything we just read is a very uh, prominent thing um, in today's culture. Uh, where you have all these different websites where you can go online and look at your, you know, specific interest of <laughs> video, inappropriate videos. Um, and there's even 50,000 different memes about the stuff, you know. Yep. The whole, the whole stepbrother, stepsister thing, like that's a, that is an immoral practice. That is an immoral practice. And that's something that is very, widely spread and accepted in our society right now and it's because of pornography pornography will if if not single-handedly it's going to be a big stumbling block and it's going to cause the downfall of a lot of people because that is that's a very big um that it's 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 an addiction that people don't typically look at as an addiction and and it can cause major problems in various different ways, not just w- between your marriages. Uh, it can cause problems with friendships because it causes depression, because now you're relying on your dopamine to get released from, you know, those sources rather than natural means. You, you're no longer able to just walk outside, look at a tree and get a natural release of dopamine because you think that this tree is beautiful and you're noticing how it's blowing in the wind. And yes, I'm looking out the window. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that, like it, it, it's legitimately causes problems and it's it's such a socially accepted thing now that even there's even people in um like that are in church that will say that it's not a big deal and i think that's a problem that's a huge problem that's a huge problem like it's what you consider pornography too because i mean the movies you know, they, they, what was, um, considered PG when I was a kid is like borderline rated X now. All right. And advertising is the same way. Music videos, any, anything is nope. almost what we considered 
pornographic. Because honestly, when I was a kid and you saw the Playboys, when I was, you know, it was embarrassing, but they were tasteful compared to today. Yep. Not only that, you have. I agree. Remember Arthur, the cartoon? Yeah. I mean, they they married uh, a man and a man on there. So now, I mean, they're, huh? Oh, I was talking to the dog. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So they, you know, they're, they're putting it, they're taking that opposite behavior that Yahweh, they're taking the behavior Yahweh said not to do, and they're feeding it to our children. You know, it, Disney, it, 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 Disney is going definitely to the children, man. Yes. I mean, so, I mean, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. I mean, it's got to stop. And they that's where- daily with it and they wear down they 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 desensitize people to the point that they bring up the edge and they before they even realize that they're there yeah now it's becoming hate crimes and stuff just like in Heidelberg said in canada you can find up to twenty five thousand dollars in a year in prison that's yeah that's, people that's legitimately in canada, yeah. themselves and literally they people need to cut themselves off from the outside line and yeah. busy doing something else find a hobby do something with your hands grow some food learn a craft something turn it off yeah. i find myself uh, the things that i used to like struggle with that's how i knew i would i was being led elsewhere is because i get that same you mentioned dopamine I get that same um, thrill from scripture now. Like I, I can't wait to pick up a Bible. Awesome. That's how I knew I was truly changed. Not just trying to change, but there was truly a difference because I, I like I said, I get, I get excited and I get that same, like you said, look at how beautiful this tree is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> talk to people like when you're going to have a conversation uh-huh. and, you're, and you're trying to share what you've learned or whatever i get i don't know what y'all but i i'm just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, yeah i cannot yeah. shut up i cannot shut up <laughs> and then and things just flow out of my mouth and scripture just flows at its best when i'm in those situations and it just reminds me of uh him telling you do not you know don't um think about what you're going to say because you know he'll he'll give you the words yeah and it, i mean this happens every time and that's true but so many people are interfered with literally and i'm not trying to sound new agey again but it's true their frequencies there because we are energy are interfered with and muddled up and the channels are being intercepted with outside stimuli and that interferes with our connection to the father yep that that's actually that's that makes sense the devil keeps us preoccupied yeah always trying to you know he hates what we do you know he hates this it's just we try to keep everybody occupied. I'm listening to some kind of concert going on across the street at that campground. It almost sounds like a heavy metal concert. Heck yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. 
Hey, I got a phone full of of Christian metal I didn't know existed. Yeah, I like I like me some Christian metal. My absolute favorite band was was Slipknot, and Corey Taylor was. Uh, I mean, I sing a little bit too, so I, I idolized Corey because he could do the melodic stuff and scream. And like I always, I well, that's all I listened to, Slipknot, and then. Yeah. I finally had because I knew the words. I knew what he's saying because I sang it with him. And I finally had to just stop listening to it because it's, it's awful. Like some of it is awful. Yeah, I've been there. I was there, man. I, I listened to a lot of metal music coming up. And when I came into this walk, I went back and I examined all the lyrics because I, I was like, man, I can, I can probably sing every single song Metallica ever came out with, you know, or Megadeth or, you know, I was like, let me go read those lyrics and why. And after reading them, I'm just like, why did I even listen to this? This is devil. This is devil music. I have a record player. I mean, I was involved in music, you know, growing up, I was always in every musical thing, band, everything, you know, took guitar lessons, play guitar, love the Beatles you know, have a bunch of my old records and stuff. Love to listen to my old records with my grandkids and everything. I got a record player again, you know, four years ago for my 50th birthday. Don't return it on anymore because I feel like that pile of records, that world is dead to me now. There is no life in it, not one. And it was part of all the programming that was happening in my life. I agree. I only listen to clean music. Yeah, I, <clears throat> that's what I like about this. Uh, uh, whatever app this Apple Music stuff is, because it plays the. You can punch the little dots, and it'll it'll play the words. Like it'll it'll while they're say, while the song is playing, it's play, it's scrolling the words. So if I see one that's unsightly, I I move on. Yeah. I'm not even gonna talk about the music that I listen to. <laughs> I think it probably I mean, has a lot to do with your hat. I it? love a good beat. I love I like some funk. You know what I'm saying? I love good music. But I try to find it now where it's giving glory to the Father. Well, if you ever get rid of that record and uh Somebody needs somebody to come back in their life. Just put that country means guns. Play backwards. It'll come. Yeah, it'll right. Come. Uh, hey, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> peppers. I can play. Uh, Dustin, if Tabby ever leaves you, we'll, just, we'll send that record player. You can just play it backwards, and then she'll come back. <laughs> 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 By the Beatles, backwards. Oh my God! No, he's saying because country music, like it's 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 all like downhill. Like your wife leaves you, she took the dog, and everything. If you play it backwards, it's a happy song. <laughs> it burns your boat up. The radio on, I'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna listen to something. Don't like can <laughs> anymore because, like I said, I feel like I've moved beyond so many things. Sometimes does anyone else ever feel like you're just kind of like here in this world, but you're not here in this world? Yeah. 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 Every day of my life. Wait, who's who's that? Every day of my life. Micah? 
Yes. Yes, my son. That was the redneck Jew that said that. <laughs> redneck. <laughs> Did you call him the redneck Jew? Yeah, he's the redneck <laughs> Jew, and I'm the Hebrew hillbilly. Oh my God, he's only three percent, <laughs> and it's not even real Jew. It's a fake, fake European Jew thing. Oh goodness! All right, anyways, Ezekiel's twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Good it good. says, <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me, as for you, son of man, will you pass judgment? Will you pass judgment against the city of blood? Then explain all her detestable practices to her. You are to say, this is what the Lord God says, a city that sheds blood within her walls so that her time of judgment has come and who makes idols for herself so that she is defiled. You are guilty of the blood you have shed and you are defiled from the idols you have made. You have brought your judgment days near and have come to your years of punishment. Therefore, I have made you a, dis a disgrace to the nations and a mockery to all the lands. Those who are near and those who are far away from you will mock you. You infamous one full of turmoil. Look, every prince of Israel within you has used his strength to shed blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt and the foreign resident is exploited within you. The fatherless and widow are oppressed in you. You despise my holy things and profane my Sabbaths. There are men within you who slander in order to shed blood. People who live in you eat at the mountain shrines. They commit immoral acts with you or within you. Men within you have sexual intercourse with their father's wife and violate women during their menstrual impurity. One man within you commits a detestable act with his neighbor's wife. Another wickedly defiles his daughter-in-law. And yet another violates his uh, sister, his father's daughter. People who live in you accept bribes in order to shed blood. You take interest and profit on a loan and brutally extort your neighbors. You have forgotten me. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Now look, I clap my hands together against the dishonest profit that you have made and against the bloodshed among you. Will, you, will your courage endure or your hands be strong in the days when I deal with you? I, Yahweh, have spoken, and I will act. I will disperse you among the nations and scatter you among the countries. I will purge your uncleanness. You will be profaned in the sight of the nations. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are copper, tin, iron, and lead inside of the furnace. They are the dross of silver. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Because all of you have become dross, I am about to gather you into Jerusalem. It says 19, but let me keep reading. Uh, just as one gathers silver, copper, iron, lead, and tin into the furnace to blow fire on them and melt them, so I will gather you in my anger and wrath, put you inside and melt you. Yes, I will gather you together and blow on you with the fire of my fury, and you will be melted within the city. As silver is melted inside a furnace, so you will be melted inside the city. Then you will know that I, Yahweh, have poured out my wrath on you. Interesting where they chose to stop on that Torah portion. It's pretty close. I was reading along with you in the Septuagint, and it's it's really, really close. They, yeah. add, they add a few words, but I mean, it's... Who does the Masoretic or the Septuagint? Uh, the Septuagint, 
So I would say that Masoretic maybe took some away. Is that I correct? I was going to say, yeah. It would be that the, the Masoretic took some away. But what I was saying is it's interesting. I get – I have like two, sometimes three sources that I take these uh, four portions from, and I just compile it together. And then like if you look on the screen, that little black box, that's usually right. stuff that I've added that kind of ties in with other stuff. But yeah. Ezekiel 22, 1 through 19, I got that straight from First Fruits of Zion's Torah portions. And I thought it was interesting. They stopped right there at 19. When literally, it's the, you're missing the rest of the, the portion there. Right. Of, that of was, that. Uh, I agree. That was when you kept going. I was like, oh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's gonna what's going to happen now? He's going to punish them just like the, the just like Zechariah says, you know, in Zechariah 14, it says, this shall be the plague where the, the Lord shall smite the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet and their eyes shall consume away in their holes and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it yeah. shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult of the Lord shall bring among them and they shall lay hold every one of their hands of their neighbor and shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. You said that's 14. That's Zechariah 14, 12. It's talking about the great day of the Lord. And it's yeah. kind of sounds like to me right there, he's going to, you know, repay him right there. That's what, yeah. And that's why I say it's interesting because it, if you just read it according to where it tells you to stop, which is verse 19, and they do this all the time. I've all noticed that. Yeah. Uh, if you read it right there at 19, it says, Therefore, this is what the Lord God says, because all of you have become dross. I am about to gather you into Jerusalem. That sounds positive. All right. Now stop right there. Stop right there. If you go back, if you go to Zechariah 14, okay, 12, and it says, And Judah will fight, and Judah also uh, shall fight at Jerusalem and the wealth of the heathen roundabout shall be gathered together, the gold, the silver and the apparel in great abundance. And it shall also be the plague of the horse and of the mule and the camel and the, and the ass and all the beasts that shall be in these tents as a plague. <laughs> but no, uh, and it says, <laughs> and the men shall dwell in it and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. I'm trying to figure out where, uh, they came up against Jerusalem. Um, Judah will also fight at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the nations around about will be collected. Yeah. The survivors from the nation that came against Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the festival of booths. That's after That's after the peace. Yeah, but he. what they're talking about here, though, is... This, is this will be the plague. The Lord strikes all the people who have warred against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. Tongues will rot in their mouths. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely talking about the same thing there. Their eyes shall melt out of their holes and their tongues shall be shall consume away in their mouth. And there shall be in that a great day of panic from the Lord among them. Except to that's pretty close. So this is my whole thing, though. It's like, if you just stop right there at 19, it's like, oh, yeah, you know. 
But then you keep reading, it says, just as one gathers silver, copper, iron, lead, and tin into the furnace to blow fire on them and melt them, so I will gather you in my anger and wrath, put you inside and melt you. This is talking about the people in Jerusalem. Yeah, and it's if you go on 26, it says, her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. Holy things. They make no distinction between the holy and the common. They do not explain the difference between the clean and the unclean. They disregard my Sabbaths, and I am yeah. profaned among them. Yes. Yes. So this is what me and Michael was talking about the other day, though, too, is has this happened yet, or is this future? Um. This still going on, like no, that's his future. As far as they're still profaning his his things. Well, we know that. Yeah, wasn't well. Yeah, it even mentions. Uh, what is this? Back in like Ezekiel thirteen, I believe. It even specifically calls out the sins of Tel Aviv. What goes on in Tel Aviv right now? Yeah, this is all future. I thought that was very interesting because we was listening to that. We uh we don't have a Discord group, but we have a Discord group that we get on and listen to stuff because it blocks out the audio and stuff like that. We could listen to YouTube. And so we was all sitting there, it was just me and Micah and our wives, and was listening to Ezekiel the other day. So and that's one of the things I found that was interesting, but yeah. Ezekiel is definitely a good one. And I think I'm going to, I think Micah's working on Isaiah. I think I'm going to work on Ezekiel. <laughs> He's my favorite. I, there's just, I love Isaiah. Don't get me wrong. I love Isaiah. Isaiah's my favorite. Isaiah's got, I, I can't, I can't say a favorite, man. They're all really good. I like, obviously, I like Elijah. That's what I named him a dog after. I was about to say, Elijah's my favorite as far as how he was mocking them. Bro was, bro was anointed. He was like, he's like, I don't know, maybe they're asleep. Maybe you should go wake him up. Maybe he's pooping. Yeah. <laughs> Where's we got that? Maybe dance around a little more. They'll come. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Jubilee, we're going to read Isaiah 61, 1-9. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothing instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the former devastation. They, the- they will renew they will the renew- cities. There's an echo. Uh, they will renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks, and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called the Lord's priests. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of the nations, 
and you will boast in their riches because your shame was double and they cried out disgrace is their portion therefore they will possess double in their land and eternal joy will be theirs for i yahuwah love justice i hate robbery and injustice i will faithfully reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be known among the nations and their posterity among the peoples all who see them will recognize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I'll go ahead and finish. I greatly rejoice in the Lord. I exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. As a groom wears a turban and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth produces its growth and as a garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Righteousness before all the nations. What? He said righteousness spring up. Who sprung up? Who was raised up? Um, oh, get back to me on that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who has believed what we have heard, or who has believed our report? And who has the arm of the Lord been revealed to? Because he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root of out of dry ground. That's Yeshua. Um, Let's go hear what Yeshua has to say anyhow. Matthew 15. We're going to read 10 through 20 of Matthew 15. It says, summoning the crowd, he told them, Listen and understand. Sounds like Shema. Um, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that de this defiles a man. Then the disciples came up and told him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard this statement? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind guide... in Guide, if the blind guide the blind, both will fall into a pit. Then Peter replied to him, Explain this parable to us. Are you even, are, are even you still lacking in understanding? He asked. Don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a man. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, blasphemies. These are the things that defile a man, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile a man. How come Mark 7 doesn't say that? I don't know. I, I don't know either. But that's where they always go. Well, that's yeah. the same. Back story, yeah, but that not nobody ever says 
Matthew, <laughs> I threw in on one of my buddies one day. He was like, bring on the pork chops and catfish. You know, Mark, you know, and, and it was he was going through the book of Mark. And I said in the comments, I said, Matthew 15 offers some more information on that subject, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's talking about unwashed hands. Now, is anybody else got any insight? Well, so he's saying he's saying this to Peter. It could very well be that uh, Mark didn't hear him saying this to Peter. These gospel accounts are from these individuals. And one thing I'll point out is even if they all heard it, every individual is going to pay attention to certain details. That's why some of the gospels offer more details. Some of them offer different, um, not, not different accounts, but like differing things because they're focusing on, on different aspects, you know? Um, it could very well be, though, that because it says that then Peter replied to him, explain this parable to us. Maybe Mark didn't hear that. Or maybe Mark forgot to add that. Well, obviously, Peter didn't hear it until Acts 5. Acts yeah, obviously, 10. Peter didn't hear it. Yeah. Actually, he didn't even hear it then. He didn't even hear it then because we go on into Galatians and he's having to get told again. Yeah. Oh, I got what you're saying. Cause yeah, I got what you're saying. Never mind. <laughs> People always take it. Yeah, I got what you're saying, man. Don't you know? Well, I mean, if he declared all food is clean, then when we get to Acts 10, um, he still didn't understand that all the foods were clean. <laughs> he missed the memo. But yeah, and then, I mean, like, even if you go through Mark 7, like, it's, that- it's, I've never, I've never heard that perspective. That's what? that's interesting. Well, he that was, was years later. Yeah, he was there yeah. when Yeshua was talking about this. He didn't get that email. I mean, yeah, I know Peter Hart, but that was what was probably a decade later. At least ten years. Huh. At least ten years later. And he even says, "Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean." 10 4. He says, I've never even eaten that. Mark 7 so, rearranges it. You hear so, that, baby? What? <laughs> so he would. I had an aha moment. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mark 7 rearranges it, by the way. Still says the same thing. I was going to say, well, because verse two, it says they observed that some of his disciples were eating their bread with unclean, that is unwashed hands. And they were defiled. Yep. And then it says tradition of the elders. And this is the one thing in both accounts in Mark, uh, Mark seven and Matthew 15. This is the one account that like people should pay attention to because. People have a very, very false understanding of what the Pharisees believed (laughs) Because he even straight up says, you know, they, they bring this up with the, the washing their hands and this and that. And then he says, uh, yeah, in this way, you have re- revoked God's word because of your trans, uh, transgression. Other translations would say, like, you 
nullify or violate God's law because of your translation or uh, tradition. Um, yeah. Then he goes on to quote Isaiah. It says the same thing as Matthew 15, 1 through 20. Yeah, exact- that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's the same exact account. So like, yeah, but it does I'll- mention the unwashed hands in Mark 7. I was just reading it again. Yeah. But thus he declared all foods clean is not part of this text. No, it's not. So there's an agenda. It there. is in Mark seven. It is in Mark seven, it's chapter two or verse two. Read verse two. Well, yeah, verse two. What? But they'll never take you to Matthew fifteen, verse twenty. They'll never take you there. They'll just go right to Mark seven. And say, See, thus he declared all foods clean. So <laughs> yeah. What- no. That's what it says in Mark 7. But, but the then context, even the context of both of those is they were eating with unwashed hands and they were breaking the tradition of the elders. And he was rebuking them, saying, What is coming out of your mouth is breaking the commandments of God because that is not in there. You know, he's yeah. saying you're defiled, you're defiled by what comes out of your mouth. Yep. Well, uh, all right. So, yeah. It doesn't say it at the end. It, it doesn't say, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile right. you. It says that the disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. Okay. Yeah, I, say, yeah, I, did, I have read that before. But. Read that yeah, and it but, says keeping the tradition of the elders. And then you right. go right down below that in verse 8, disregarding the command of God, you keep the tradition of men. Right. And it's like, okay, so if, if you're going to make the argument that they're keeping the law and he's breaking the law, because that's the argument that I've heard many times, yes. he's breaking the law and, and he nullified it to make sure that we don't have to keep it anymore. <laughs> but yet he says that this is the tradition of the elders and then says that you completely invalidate God's command, meaning they weren't keeping it because of their tradition. And this what? is where I always tell people, like, if if you really think that this is a part of the law, show it to me because I haven't been doing this because it's not in the law. And if it's in the law, then I need to keep this. So show it to me. Why does the modern day church think Pharisees are so righteous? They weren't the same righteous. reason that the Messianic Jews will tell you that they're righteous because it says that, you know, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees. Because obviously, you know, if, if you're going to have something to hold yourself to, it should be the, the Pharisees, right? You know, yeah, so righteous. They, they weren't righteous at all. So I know. you have to be more righteous than them. It's not, a, it's not very hard. It's not yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> then you have to, like, question who's guiding them, who's telling them that, who's teaching them that. Are they teaching that in the seminaries? Who's behind the seminaries and teaching them that? Judaism. Exactly. Didn't want to yeah. say it. I'll say it. I'll be. I won't. I ain't scared to say it. Judaism. Mark twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is a good one. I like this one. Uh, one of the scribes approached when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, "Which command is the most important of all?" This is the most important, Yeshua answered. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Uh, the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one, and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, and with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered intelligently, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God, and no one dared to question him any longer. Mm. So he's... He was imitating the behavior. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That same, uh, I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, so. Matthew 15 there where it says someone in the crowd had told them listen and understand and then you read that and Mark 12 I'm not sure what the um, Greek says there but I would assume if you take that Greek straight back to uh, Deuteronomy 6 4 it'd probably be the exact same because he says to someone in the crowd, listen and understand, or listen intelligently. <laughs> That's the same as Shema. Shema means to listen with understanding or listen intelligently. <laughs> or obey that word Shema. So when you hear, hear, O Israel, that word hear, Shema means to obey, means to listen with intent on obedience. And that statement, the, the Shema, is all the time used. Um, I see it and people try to argue the, the Trinity or against the Trinity. And this isn't that discussion, but that's not what that statement is. That's not a defense against the Trinity. That is, it literally means do not put anything above God. God is first. Shema Yisrael, Yahweh Chanu, Yahweh Echad. Echad means one or first in rank, meaning him alone. You don't put nothing above him. And that's why that is the most, ingra- most greatest command. And then the second is like it, because what comes after him, it's your brothers, your neighbors. You love them as well. You love him and you love them. This is why it goes on in the New Testament says that love fulfills the law because love is the fulfillment of both of those commands. Love God, love your neighbor. Do these things and you will do well. Just wanted to throw that out there. We're gonna we're gonna go to Luke 4 now. <laughs> Twenty-four through thirty, it says, 
He also said, I assure you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's days when the sky was shut up for three years and six months while a great famine came over all the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow at Zarephath and Sidon. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had serious skin diseases, yet not one of them was healed, only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove him out of town, and brought him to the edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him over the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Which I know we read that last week, too. It was sneaky. Yeah. He knew he had to get away because he had still some prophecies to fulfill. Yeah. And he showed mercy. And so if you're listening to the podcast now, um, you can go back to last week's and catch the um, relations back to the Old Testament that he just mentioned. <laughs> now we're going to go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews is one of my favorites. I can, yeah. I can read that thing all. Hebrews and Romans, I could read them. Matter of fact, I've been in Romans for about a week, just over and over and over, different translations. I've been on a tractor a lot. The good one, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 are my favorites. That's what I could take you for a ride on my big green tractor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a red like tractor. Look at X. <laughs> I like X. Yeah, I like, X. I like uh, from page one to <laughs> the last page. Acts seven. I do like that. I don't know how anybody can read Acts seven and think that the law doesn't still apply. This time, I mean, you got this. You got this man Stephen reciting everything from the beginning to the end. And not saying that this stuff doesn't apply, just like speaking very confidently about how everything led up to Yeshua. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know anybody read Thessalonians and think the law's done away with, or when when Paul's teaching little Timothy to keep the law as part of his discipleship. I don't <laughs> Well, I think it, it it is a lot. There there may be some. Uh, well, there's definitely some um, forces behind, you know, muddy in the waters. But a lot of it is just, in my opinion, is just it it started with the law can't save you, and now it's it's morphed into this that that the law is bad somehow, and that's like I've noticed that in my in my circle is the the law is thought of as a bad thing. Like it's, it's bad. Oh, the law can't save you. That's that's old Testament stuff. And it started with, with, I guess you'd say like the roots of Catholicism because it was 
all predicated on, well, that's that's the Jewish people's thing. We're going to do our own thing. I think that's, it's that's, that's that's what you just said, Seth. That you said the law can't save you. Like you said, the law can't save you. That's, I mean, it's correct, though. The law is not what's saving you. Salvation is the price. The law right. is what we're doing. But that just slows more into like that it's irrelevant because it can't save you. And, and that's just not the case. Yeah. Right. There's, there's it, most of the things in the law are irrefutable as far as a, a good way to live. Thank it's you, been, Pastor Greg Locke. I think Jesus nailed it to the cross. All right. I, th- I think he's waving at us. Well, let's go to Hebrews. <laughs> We're already here, Dustin. <laughs> Dustin, you ain't got to be such a dictator, Dustin. <laughs> you got to say anything. That's all. Oh, D.E. Dictator Dustin. I like that. That's it. No, 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 no. You know what? Do as I say, not as I do, piss ant. We're we're taking uh <laughs> we're taking uh Dustin Scepter away. We got a guy that uses that word piss his pissants, but he, he calls everybody piss ant. <laughs> well, we have to edit that one. Oh <laughs> He said, you need to come on down over there. <laughs> they don't play that. They say you better get the uh, All right, now look. So Hebrews 4, 14. It says, I mean, 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast to the confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. Hmm. He passed through the heavens. I was just on the desk now. So... That's when he went up on the went up in the cloud. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was escorted by angels, or if he just did it. I think at that point he probably just did it. Right. I mean, homie's walking through walls and stuff. I think he can fly. He's probably like top floor place. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Oh, <laughs> just good. I can just see him leaving. Be like, "Hey, Peter, see you soon." Oh, everybody, don't, don't forget to be there on Pentecost. Don't let people yeah. think that babbling is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter, and I are like, did he? Did he say we could eat everything we wanted? Is that what he just said? <laughs> no, he said be at Pentecost. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, then we have uh, Hebrews 5, 1 through 10. And it says, uh, For every high priest taken from men is appointed in service to God for the people to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he must make a sin offering for himself as well as for the people. No one takes this honor on himself. Instead, a person is called by God just as Aaron was. In the same way, the Messiah did not exalt himself to become a high priest, but the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. 
for this day I've begotten thee. Um, also said in another passage, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During his early life, he offered prayers and appeals with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Though he was God's son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. After he was perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And he was declared by God a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's the end of the portion.